0: Want to be the first to know when new Forces for Nature episodes come out? Sign up for the newsletter on our website, www.forcesfornature.com. You can find the sign-up link at the bottom of the webpage or in the About section. When you do, you'll also receive a free checklist of easy, practical actions for nature that you can start taking today. I can't wait to connect with you. Today's episode is brought to you by Force of Nature Cleaner. It's more important than ever to make sure that your home is free of nasty viruses and bacteria. But how can you be sure that the cleaners you're using aren't leaving behind toxins with other nasty side effects? Force of Nature Cleaner is an all-natural, EPA-registered disinfectant that kills 99.9% of germs. Be sure to get yours today through the link in the show notes. I'm Crystal DiMicelli, and welcome to the Forces for Nature show. Do you find yourself overwhelmed with all the doom and gloom you hear of these days? Do you feel like you, as just one person, can't really make a difference? Forces for Nature cuts through that negativity. In each episode, I interview someone who's doing great things for animals and the environment. We talk through the problem they're addressing, the solution they have found, we'll keep them going, and we'll leave you with practical action tips so that you too can become a force for nature. Today's guest is Julio Prieto, He's an Ecuadorian lawyer working with the Union of People Affected by Texaco, the organization otherwise known as UDAPT. He has been a key player in one of the most well-known battles against environmental injustice, the case of Ecuador versus Chevron Texaco. After 20 years of litigation, Julio's team won the case that found Chevron to be guilty of egregious pollution and irresponsibility in the Ecuadorian rainforest. However, 10 years later, he's still fighting for the settlement that would benefit the tens of thousands impacted. We talk about his lessons learned, his most recent victory, and why, despite the impossible odds, he will never give up. Hi, Julio. Thank you for joining me on Forces for Nature. It's so great to have you.
1: Hi, Crystal. Thank you for having me.
0: Let's dive right in what were the allegations that were brought against chevron
1: well chevron operated in ecuador amazon from the 60s to the 90s ecuador were new as a country to oil extraction and chevron at, the, at that time was called texaco was the one responsible for building and operating each and every single oil field in ecuadorian amazon the problem is that they choose to deploy all technology and disposal techniques that were forbidden at that time in the US. For example, they decided that produced water, which is a toxic waste, should be disposed at rivers, that drilling moats eh, drilling mats are to be buried and that gas was to be flared. They decided to ignore that local indigenous population heavily depended on the jungle to survive. So after all those decades of toxic waste disposal in our jungle, people got cancer and other diseases related to oil. These were unknown to them. The lands were polluted and the rivers poisoned. There are 400,000 hectares polluted and 30,000 affected people. This is including five different indigenous communities and farmers. So, In 1993, we filed a class action in New York, claiming that the company was responsible for health impacts related to environmental pollution. The case was sent back to Ecuador because Chevron wanted to avoid litigation in the U.S. So they argued that Ecuadorian courts were perfect place to hear this case. Then in 2003, we were were sent back to Ecuador for another 10 years of litigation. Then, after a dozen years, we won the case. Yes. After all those years, we got our judgment ordering Chevron to pay more than $9 billion.
0: You say that Chevron came in and didn't follow the same protocols that they were required to follow in the United States. What are those protocols? What are the steps that are normally, or should be taken, to protect the environment when oil is being extracted?
1: You know, the least Chevron should have done in Ecuador was the same they were already doing at that time in the United States. I mean Chevron knew very well which steps should be taken to protect the environment but did not deploy that technology in Ecuador. For example Chevron had already patented and deployed technology to reinject produced water into the underground in the US while in Ecuador produced water was dumped into the rivers as I just told you. Another Instead example of is
0: reinjected
1: exactly another example is in the united states toxic waste is stored in line pits or steel facilities while in ecuador chevron just digs some unlined pits some whole flame pits in the amazon ground that allow spills and filtrations that poison also underground water sources this is just to call a few if we talk about gas flaring as well that was polluting the clouds and causing acid rain so there were no safe source of water for these people
0: so in 2011 the highest court in ecuador ordered chevron to pay 9.5 billion us dollars for the damages found and chevron refused what has happened since
1: <laughs> you are right chevron refused to pay instead of complying or negotiating an expedient fair and compressive settlement with affected communities in Ecuador, Chevron managed to flee the country and to sue us back. Chevron started shopping for a sympathetic judge in the U.S. until they found one in New York. Judge Louis Kaplan, who is also a shareholder in the company, he took the case, refused to have a jury deciding and gave full credit to the testimony of a former Ecuadorian judge who got paid over $2 million, moved along with all his family to live in Florida, all the expenses included, in exchange for his testimony. Later, he admitted he was lying in order to get paid. But it doesn't matter to Judge Kaplan. Chevron hired as much as 2,000 lawyers and public relations companies for what they call a rescue operation. So they start demonizing Ecuadorian judiciary and the victim themselves even we as attorneys were targeted with lawsuits you know a former member of our team steven Dossinger, is right now under house arrest in new york for contempt with this questionable decision also while i was living in ecuador i got a suit to Ina for from this judge asking me to provide full access to all my emails of course i refused because US courts did not have any jurisdiction over me at that point and because complying with such order, it's a crime according to Ecuadorian criminal law protecting uh, the attorney-client privilege. I also got interrogated by the FBA agents at my house while I was at grad school in the US. So these are some of the things Chevron did since the judgment. On the other hand, on our side, since Chevron left behind only $360 in their bank account before fleeing Ecuador, we initiated legal actions to seize Chevron assets in Argentina, Brazil, and Canada. It's a long story, but to make it short, in Argentina, Chevron bribed the president to get rid of the seizure over their assets. In Canada, the case was pending before the Supreme Court, and on the last minute, our government, the Ecuadorian government, bent its knee and request the Supreme Court to dismiss the case. And this happened as the result of Mike Pence visiting our country to settle some disturbing issues, as he described it.
0: Settle for Chevron. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Does that mean the case is done? Chevron is scot-free? They're able to walk away with this with no penalties? No consequences? No, they won't.
1: No, they won't. We are not done yet. I mean, the case may be done in the U.S. for now. The case may be done in Argentina and Brazil and Canada. But there are many, many more countries. Chevron has assets in more than 100 countries over the world. And we are planning to go after them.
0: How does a court in New York have jurisdiction over a ruling in Ecuador?
1: Uh, They start this by filing a petition to access documentation that according to them was to be helpful in a different proceeding. This is called a 7082 process. That's according to New York law. So they request all this documentation and then they file a claim under the RICO Act. I I can't get that much into the details, but but I, I know for sure that we had no jury, that the witness was paid, and then and later he admitted lying for the money. And, and that Judge Kaplan is a shareholder at the company.
0: And this kind of thing is happening all over the world, in many different countries.
1: Yes, that's the problem. All over the world, Christine. Chevron is facing claims in Nigeria, in Argentina, and even there in the United States at Richmond, California. It's also facing justice in Australia for tax evasion. Wherever Chevron is operating, it brings trouble to local communities. But not only that, Chevron is is an expert at loving and capturing public officer's will. So they are convinced that they can get away with it. And we are committed to prove them wrong. And you know, the problem is that this is not happening just with Chevron. Countless crimes are committed by corporations (laughs) have been reported around the world. Just think at the San Marco mining case in Brazil, or, or the oil, or the BP oil spill in, in the Gulf of Mexico, or even the use of child uh, labor in the chocolate industry. So the enemy from my point of view is corporate power, which is fueled by corporate greed and corruption abroad.
0: You as a lawyer in your role You're up against these corporations with all the money and all the resources in the world. When you first started, what made you even think that you could have the power to make any change?
1: Well, I started working on this case as soon as I became a lawyer. This was my first case. So I really had no idea what I was getting involved with. When I went to law school, I did it because I wanted to fight for justice. I know it sounds like a cliche, but I was young and I saw Erin Brokovich. I also watched (laughs) a civil action with John Travolta, you know? You know what I mean. At that point, it sounded as a fantastic idea to engage Chevron. It was what I was studying for. So I did believe I had the power to make a change, just as Erin or John Travolta did. Then I learned that it was more complicated than that it's not that i was wrong but it is far more complicated than that you don't fight alone we do have the power to make a change but the power is greater when we fight together the union makes us stronger we all know that and now i know that i cannot fight chevron by myself no one can but chevron cannot fight all of us so sit back and watch the show because this is far from being over we are more united than ever
0: Moving past that case, you recently had another victory with a lawsuit brought by nine Indigenous girls against the burning off of the natural gas produced by the oil extraction, the gas flaring that you mentioned. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Those are very good news. Remember I told you about gas flaring facilities built by Chevron? Well, we found more than 440 of them, 447 if I remember quite well and some are very close to schools or people's homes people complain about the smell the noise but mostly because they are getting sick many of them with cancer some are dead already so nine girls decided to fight back each one of them has some close related de- dying with cancer so those girls decided they were not going to wait to get sick and that they will compensations for their families and neighbors. So we sue the government. According to law in Ecuador, it's illegal to flare gas, to burn this gas, but the government keeps issuing permits that are supposed to be exceptional. They issue them every single year. And now, because of these brave girls, they won't be able to keep doing it. This decision is final. However, experience with final decisions show us that the fight is not over until justice is served. And justice is served when victims are compensated.
0: And and this is so recent that we haven't had a chance to see that yet, correct?
1: Exactly. We are in the middle of the movie.
0: Yeah. So with this gas flaring, with burning off of natural gas, why wouldn't they just harvest that natural gas instead, especially since you said it was against ecuadorian law to burn it
1: there again i believe it's all about corporate interests
0: it's a huge
1: business for some people and let me explain this the company that built all the gas flaring instructor is our friend sharon they built it this way because it's cheaper to waste it than to harvest it they were concerned on producing oil at the lower possible cost over the years a few powerful people found a way to make money by selling fuel for electricity generation to these oil facilities the same oil facilities that are burning gas at the same time are buying diesel to produce energy so if all companies were to harvest their gas and use it to produce energy diesel business will be over so this is about interests in business people doing business.
0: Yeah, meanwhile, they could just make it more of a closed loop where they utilize rather than waste the gas that they're producing.
1: That's what we're aiming at, and that's what they will be forced to do now with the decision from this case.
0: And these girls, what are their ages?
1: Uh, From 9 to 17.
0: That's impressive.
1: Yeah, they are very committed and decided girls. I I would love if you can chat with them one day and and, and you will find that they are really supporting this this case, not because their parents are telling them, but but because they believe in it. They, They are the engine behind this.
0: Actually, total side note, I well, not really a side note, I recently came across a Vogue article with Elena Gualinga, she's she's an indigenous Ecuadorian girl. I don't know how old she is, maybe teenager, I think. Is, is she part of the group?
1: No, she's from the Sarayaku community. She's, okay. she, she's to the south.
0: Unfortunately, there seems to be plenty of fights to be had.
1: Yeah, I mean, our, our jungle has been blessed, according to some, with oil. For local population, this is not blessed at all.
0: Of course not if environmental damage takes place, especially for indigenous communities. It's polluting the water that they used to drink and they used to bathe in, that they used to fish and the lands where food comes from. It's completely stripping away people's livelihoods in their entire communities.
1: And this is especially, especially bad for indigenous people because they really depend on nature. You and me, we take water from the kitchen, from the bathroom. We take our food from the supermarket and our medicines from the drugstore. They take everything, their medicines, their food, their, their water, for everything is on the jungle. And, and, and when the jungle is, is polluted, they are being poisoned from everywhere. There's no choice for them. No underground water, no river water, no rainwater.
0: And the same goes for the wildlife in that area. They're just as affected because their food and water is destroyed. So for everything living, it's a disaster. But uh, let's try to move towards something a little bit lighter. So you had this recent victory, which I hope has some amazing results very soon in terms of compensation for those families. But can you tell me about another time when you said to yourself this, this is why I do it. You know, a proud moment, a success story, something along those lines.
1: That's a, that's a great question. You know, I can tell you that I'm really proud of what I'm doing when I'm in court. Why? Because there's when I get to answer to those greedy lawyers. I mean, it's great to speak out after listening to their lies. Usually it's hard to get a chance to speak out the truth to their faces worst in front of a judge. And since I can remember, it grins me when I hear an oil company lawyer blaming health conditions on their indigenous victims. They say they are sick because of lack of sanitary conditions of potable water, not because of their massive pollution that they are producing. It boils my blood when they dare to demand medical records to certificate that an elder indigenous person got cancer because of their waste. So then that moment before I get to speak out, I know that's why I'm doing it. I know I won't be winning all cases, but I will speak out every single time.
0: We need so many people who are willing to speak out against what they feel is unjust. Now, have you learned any lessons that you can share with the listener about fighting these big guys that have endless resources to fight back?
1: Well, yes. Don't trust them. Don't ever trust those big guys. They will stop at nothing. They will demonize you, sue you, spy you. In Latin America, they will kill you for opposing their interests. So do not share any sensitive information over the internet or with people you don't really trust. (laughs) Remember that many people believe what they see in the media and the guys on that media. They have the power to greenwash their reputations while making you look like the bad guy, the one who opposes progress. And one final advice will be working minga. A minga is, is a kitchen work for a collective action, a collective work. Uh, when, when indigenous population in their region, when they need to do something for the community, they call for a minga and everyone in that town has, has to work at building a road, building a park, or doing something for the community. They do it together. So work in Minga, please.
0: Work together. Now, what are the next steps for this case, these cases?
1: Well, that's top secret. I cannot tell you the next country where we will be enforcing the judgment. But I do can tell you that it's not one or two but a coordinated action aiming to seize as many assets as necessary to comply with the full amount of the judgment.
0: You're working in MINGO with other countries.
1: Yes, we are.
0: So now it's very overwhelming to think about what's happening there and to feel helpless to do anything. Do you have any thoughts on what the listener can do to help from wherever they are?
1: Well... As as people affected by Chevron, we will fight for our territories worldwide. We fight for the lives of our people, but also for humanity and for environmental justice. So we have now launched a call to social organizations, students, academics, journalists, professionals, indigenous people, and to you, to participate in a great minga in order to stop the impunity of those who manage the corporate power. What can we do? Speak out. We invite you to join us on the Anti-Chevron Day. We've been doing this for years. What is the Anti-Chevron Day? Well, this is a day when Chevron's victims all over the world speak out, right before the annual shareholders meeting. So we invite you to speak out from now until the 25th of May, so that the world can be heard by Chevron and its shareholders. So let's raise our voices. I mean, we the people can win the battle against corporate crimes because we shall not be partners of these corporations, nor caution it with our silence. So speak out, please. That's all I'm asking.
0: May 25th. This is perfect timing. Where can people find information about that? Is there a website? Is there a social media site where they can sign up and know what they can do?
1: For the victims of Chevron are united at the union of affected people by texaco it's called udat you can find them on web on www.udapt.org there's also the hashtag anti for this campaign so they can hear you and well i'm not very mediatic since, my, since most of my communications are being tracked, I don't do Instagram or Facebook anymore, but I do tweet from time to time, mostly in Spanish, though.
0: Do you have any advice or first steps that one can take if they find that an existing project or a proposed project in their community raises environmental, social, or animal welfare concerns?
1: Well, I will say get organized, gather people gather information, gather resources. These fights are not easy to fight, but you need the will. And the will usually comes from real problems affecting society. Before starting any fight, organize. Look for more people that are facing the same problem, that are looking at the same risks as you. Look for information. And, and yeah, and don't sit on your hands and wait for someone else to, to do all the job.
0: That's great advice. This has been very interesting. And Julio, you have done incredible work. And thank you so much for everything that you do. You're making a difference.
1: You're welcome. And thanks to you for inviting me and for letting me share this with all your audience.
0: Don't go anywhere just yet. A lot has happened since we spoke. And here is an update.
1: The Union of People Affected by Chevron has been expanding their participation beyond legal frontiers. Now we are training community members into healing themselves and healing nature. But make no mistake, there is no rest in our quest, so we will keep trying to enforce the judgment against Chevron until until justice is really served. That is why I am happy to let you know that we have filed a legal claim against Ecuadorian government to stop them from interfering in our enforcing efforts, as they already did in Argentina and Canada, where our own representatives asked asked a foreign court to ignore Ecuadorian's que- uh, request and their judgment. It is very clear for us that the Ecuadorian government has been captured by corporate power, more specifically Chevron's power. And to, to the point that a former chevron's attorney, Esteban Santos Albite, is now the Ecuadorian Ministry of Energy. We haven't heard yet from the International Human Rights Court. So, keep posted.
0: Julio has made it his life's work to defend the underdog. To win these landmark cases against one of the biggest corporations in the world takes some serious guts and determination, but it's these sentiments that we all need in order to stand up to whatever injustices we see happening in our own backyards. These kinds of fights can seem impossible, with odds stacked grossly out of our favor, but Julio proves the value of endurance and working together. Fighting for what you believe is right is not always going to be easy, but it's always going to be worth it. Don't forget to go to forcesfornature.com and sign up to receive emailed show notes, action tips, and a free guide to help you start taking practical actions today. Do you know someone else who would enjoy this episode? I would be so grateful if you would share it with them. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and let me know what actions you have been taking. Adopting just one habit can be a game changer, because imagine if a million people also adopted that. What difference for the world are you going to make today?